Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We are going to overtime! Emerging from the darkness, that's what we hope we are in right now. Uh, after the storm last week, uh, with the Sabres on their current run, uh, the hope is that there are brighter days immediately ahead as we start up another Sabres Live Overtime. And when you're serious about the game, bet on Buffalo at the only sports books in Western New York. Seneca Resorts and Casinos betting counters are open daily. Self-service betting kiosks are available 24-7 at all three locations. Whether you visit Seneca, Niagara, Allegheny, or Buffalo Creek, the Sports Lounge features the latest lines and multiple screens so you never miss a play. The sports books at Seneca Resorts and Casinos, where the love of the game meets the thrill of the win. The thrill is lacking these days, Marty Baron. Yeah. So how do how do we instill the thrill moving forward? It's pretty simple now. Like I, I know what Don said after the Toronto game. You know, you need to compete, right? We always talk about people say this team doesn't give any effort. They don't work hard. Everybody works hard, right? At the end of the game, everybody's sweating. Everybody's body's hurting. The muscles are tired. But competing is another level. Engaging in the battle is another level, right? So to me, it it's an issue. It's a big problem when the coach game after game after game after game has to say, well, we didn't lose on skill. We lost on experience or we lost on compete or we lost on being engaging in the battle. So I, I don't know. Like my old school mind just says like that would have been an old school backskate, like, you know, to get the message. It's not the way it works anymore. I get that. But it's just to me when you hear Thompson cousins, Darlene, right? Thompson's line, Thompson cousins, Darlene, Thompson, Darlene, like, is In that fairness, the message to everybody else? Come on. Yeah, well, that's a really good point because, and this is not to pile on other players, but I don't even think it was Thompson's line. It was Thompson. No, it was Thompson. You know it's what I mean? the first shift. Yeah, and, and so that in itself is mildly, you know, concerning. Obviously, the three of them were able to do some things, but I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to look too too much in the past. The past is the past. And and we can only yeah, move but, ahead. So, uh, but you got to look oh, at the past to see what's going to be, be fixed. Like I look yeah, at, but the I think five we've learned a lot five. from the past, right? Like I mean, how many times can history be a teacher here? Like I think we're I think we're pretty much masters. Like we have a masters in history now, do we not? Uh, yes, to a certain right. extent. Over the last eleven years, yes, it's like yes. history repeats itself. But I'm looking at it as obviously my mind always goes to the defensive side. Okay, and. He, 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 the, the leaves go up three, nothing in the first period. And then you look at the analytics and say, Oh, the Sabres had a lot of shot attempts and the expected goals were, were close. It was never closed. The game was never close. You're up three, nothing. You're Toronto. You're going to cruise. But the problem for me is that in the last eight games mm -hmm. and, and there's been different moments, but the lack of awareness to defend mm -hmm. is beyond like, my belief right now to the point where I, I like, I hate to say it, but like, as I just said, Don is going to say, well, Thompson had compete, Darling had compete and cousins that compete. He doesn't want to say everybody else. He doesn't want to throw anybody under the bus. He's going to use it as a team, but I mean, it's one, nothing. Okay. You give up a power play goal. Penalty kill is struggling again, but where's the defensive awareness? 
on the bunting goal in the slot by himself on the one-timer? Where has been the defensive awareness in the Ottawa game on the Alex DeBrinkett goal? Where has been the defensive awareness in the Vancouver on the JT Miller goal? Where is the defensive awareness? That's all it is. That's the key right now. And to me, until everybody is willing to say, we're going to defend and by every measure possible, we're going to defend, that's never going to change. Well, never is a long time. Um, well, eight games is a long time too. Oh, I know. It's the longest, um, you know, drought under Dawn, certainly. And th there were times last year that uh, the things got away from them before stabilizing in the latter half of the year. Um, let's try to rattle through this as quick as possible. Yeah. Um, and, and this is not game specific for this week. This is, um, let's say medium picture, knowing that Eric Comrie is, is out for multiple weeks at this point in time. How does Ukopeka Lukanen navigate this based on the fact that he found himself in basically the exact shoes as Anderson and Comrie have felt themselves in this year. And that is, well, it probably wasn't my fault, <laughs> you know, the game against Toronto. But but the reality is we like we, we know so you gave up five. <laughs> you gave up five. So until somebody like the way it's trending is until somebody stands on their head and goes 41 for 41, like this team might not win well, for, yeah. for a while, right? And UPL, look, it's his first game this year. I We discussed it last week. I'm like, I don't know how I'd play him Saturday. I'd play him Tuesday. The decisions are made, obviously, inside and talking mm -hmm. to Anderson and figuring out what the schedule is going to be. Yeah. I thought, well, you know what? Why not throw UPL into the mix right now and let's go? Mm -hmm. Bad bounces against him, a couple of them. Like the one that the net came off, It it's a, it's a goal. The rule is, and it's a goal. Like I saw it and right away from my couch, because unfortunately I didn't get to follow you to Toronto. Let's go. But UPL's mindset has to be, give me another chance. Right. Mm -hmm. And he will this week because they play mm -hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm -hmm. Give me another chance. Like this is, I can be better. I want to be better. Give me another chance. That has to be the mindset. That's how I would talk to the kid, right? Go into practice, give everything you got and earn that shot because you will get, more games coming up and you need to make a difference. Not just say, well, not my fault. Gave up five, lost to the team. The coach says we didn't have any compete. Not not on me. Yes, it's not on you. But you have a chance there to, to make a difference. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Instinctively, when it went in, I thought it was probably going to be a goal. It's rarely seen. My concern after watching the replay multiple times, uh, and not to belabor this, but was I felt like there was almost – an extra play made as opposed to a continuous sequence, if you will. But regardless, it's neither here nor there's there. There's a difference did, in the it, rule it book, though, Duffer, is yeah. a, like, let's see, there's a whistle, right? The I puck said, goes well, through a goalie. Why are you doing this? Because I want to explain to the fans that are like, okay, but there was an extra stick handle. The mm. puck was out before he shot the puck. So if you shoot the puck through the goalie and it rolls behind the goalie, referee blows the whistle, but the puck rolls over the line, They'll yes. count it a goal because it's a continuous play. Mm -hmm. This, to me, is not about continuous play. It's about eminent chance. Even if Giordano goes right. forehand, backhand, and then goes where the net would have been, it's still a, a good goal because it's an eminent chance. Right. But think about what you just said. 
That is so stupid. If the net is in the corner by the time he does his dangle, like, come on, there has to be. There's a, there there's a grace be, period. There has yes. to be a reasonable time period here. And yes. I don't, th I think the more I looked at it, I was like, eh. anyway, it didn't cost them the loss. Right. But I'll say there's the goal at, at Heritage Classic last year that the Sabres scored when Mrazek went in his position and the net moved. Right. And it, 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 this, it, it, um, What's the word I wanted? It made that Morazic couldn't really play his position because in that move and they counted it. I would have I would have taken that one out and I would have counted the one against Toronto the other day more. So that's that's yeah. the difference. But it went on the Sabres side last year. Now it went on Toronto's side this year. Shocking how things even out, which is why people shouldn't spend too much time belaboring these things. Okay, sorry, I belabored. The... Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're part of a belaboring movement. Um, yes. <laughs> Matthias Samuelson, we expect to see back very soon here. So um, Don was very, look, he's excited about it, but I think everybody has to be realistic here. Um, he's not the savior. No. So what is a realistic impact, ex expected impact of Matthias Samuelson here short term and moving forward? Well, maybe giving the Sabres uh, a couple of the pairings because it's been a lot of dulling power lately. And unfortunately, like they play 28 minutes and yeah, they're going to be on the ice on goals against, right? But with Samuelson, so now you got Dulling, Samuelson, Power, Yoki, are you? It helps giving you a top four. Uh, it helps with the penalty kill. Um, but more importantly, I think it's going to give Dulling a little bit of stability because he likes to play with Matias Samuelson and, and he feels comfortable with Matias. Now, again, you listen to Dallin's comments. He says, uh, you know what? It starts with me. I got to practice better. We all have to practice better. I got to be better. I'm like, no, Rasmus, you've been unreal, right? You've been like, I just don't like it that because it's eight game losing streak that even a guy like Rasmus Dallin feels it's on him. He's mm -hmm. doing everything he can. It's not on you. You should be getting up in the room and slamming your sticks around and grabbing guys by the collar and say, join me uh, if they're, they don't feel the need to, you know, be told. But I, so Samuelson's going to help Dallin. It's going to calm him down, going to get him back to his game. Not that he's lost it, but it's just, he'll be better. Tyson Jost. Yes. Um, look, first round pick moved around a couple of times. On waivers, I think this is obviously Sabres wanting to add depth because Anders Bjork and Riley Sheehan are not the depth answer that they were maybe hoping for. Uh, and obviously Quinn, Krebs, it's been a little bit of a slow process. And Tyson Jost helping on the PK, maybe. Like he's been turned into a decent penalty killer, so... That's where it's at. But I just think it's like the Sabres saying Anders Bjork and Riley Sheehan are not going to really tip us forward in the depth department. If they have Gergensons and they have Oposo and they have Asplund and they have everybody in place, okay, it works. But if there's a couple of injuries, they can't, they don't have the depth right now to help them through it. Okay. So let's assume they're healthy. There's going to be too many bodies. So aside from Shane and Bjork, like who is somebody else worked himself close to the, the scratch rotation here? Like, I mean, if, they, if they're serious about like, 
if you're bringing in Jost and then he ends up being what he is in Minnesota, which is in and out of the lineup, then it's probably not going to accomplish much and it's not going to resurrect his career. No, right? it's not. But right. so if they're going to commit to him, then who is now closest to the exit door, whether it be on a rotational or otherwise basis? Uh, right now, I think it's Vinny Henestrosa. And um, I, think I think that's, that's the almost way too I... obvious. It's too no, easy. But he was that's... part of it earlier. So he was part of it earlier. But I, I defensively, I look again, I'm going to say the bunting goal Saturday night. I'm like, Vinny, what are you doing on the wall? We don't have the puck. Protect the middle of the ice. So, but maybe he hasn't. He doesn't feel engaged in the game because he hasn't played a lot. And, yeah. you know, now he's thrown in into a losing streak. So not fair on him, but that's him. The other one that, and and it could be, uh, look, you're going to go spend some time in Rochester. It could be Peyton Krebs. And and I hate to say it. I like Krebsy. He's a really, really good kid. And he's got a ton of promises in my opinion, but. Right now, there's there's nothing that's shown for his confidence with the puck is, seems to be gone, and um, I think it may be Krebs. It, it to me, it's about a sent down to Rochester more than a guy being just put aside to watch it from the from the press box. That's what I see. Right, but do you think that will happen? I guess is what I'm asking. I think it's close. I think it's yeah. really close right now, and especially because. Uh, Gergensons is coming back and they claim Tyson Jost on waivers and they're thinking, hey, you know, we're going to play with the guys that are going to compete and they are going to give us a chance to win. At this moment, we were giving Quinn Paterka, Krebs, the younger group, right, a chance to to start in in the NHL this year, but mm -hmm. they're 18 games in now. Yeah. That's not that's not two games in and making a uh, a decision. That's 18 games in. You know what you should be doing by now. From the goaltender position, what is wrong? I, I don't mean the Sabres' current goaltender position. You, as the analyst who's lived this, what are you seeing that is wrong with the penalty kill, which is bordering on historic lows? Uh, there's a lot. Their forward rotation at the top has me uh, scratching my head sometimes where they will vacate an area so the penalty kill people think it's a box, right? It's two forwards, two defensemen, you're in a box. and But a lot of the new penalty kill ends up almost being an I formation where you have two forwards in lines and the 2D in the front. But the rotation has to work well. There has to be chemistry. So if a defenseman carries the puck or a pointman carries a puck at the blue line, you have to follow that person and the guy underneath has to fill in for the spot. And I think that rotation's not worked well. And... Um, there's been times where the communication's not there. There's been times where it's just been, you know, a brain fart of, uh, I am, oh, I got to take the guy back door. Well, you're leaving the guy in the slot wide open. Like the bumper position is not being covered. And how do you get that done? Um, I also think you need a save. And, you know, at the end, like everybody always says, the old cliche, your goaltender is your best penalty killers. Yeah, you're going to need a save there. But, the whole but, see, I don't believe that cliche because it, because you didn't start there. So it, well, yeah, exactly. That's why I that's exactly why I asked the question. But there's going to be breakdowns, and I would something yeah. happening in front of the goalies that is allowing this to happen. I would still be looking at the breakdowns, even if they were getting saves. I'd say, oh, like you can't give that shot from right. the slot here, right? Or you yes. got to be able to take the sticks back door when the guy's back door. You got to be able to turn, take the stick, or. Like it used to be when, you know, 
past coaches were here where the 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 net front defenseman was back into the back post. I'm like, no, you got to play strong post. For me now, and I hate to put it on the forwards because they do mm -hmm. a lot of work blocking shots, I feel like the penalty kill, the issue, is at the forward position. Okay. Their rotation, the shots that are coming from the flank, from the middle of the ice, like that's where the issue is for me with the penalty kill. Um, goal scoring has now become a problem. So we've mentioned a few different names, but we haven't gone through the always exciting process of reconfiguring the lines. Oh. Uh, is there any need to waste any time on that? Or is it more about determination and compete and everything that Don Granado is talking about right now? It's about compete. It's yeah. about compete. And now I'm seeing it game after game after game. Mm -hmm. by same individual and it's a puck in the corner. Right? I'll always say this. And this made me laugh so many times in my career. Eric Bolton played for 16 years in the NHL. He was a tough guy that fought and, and got a hat trick in the NHL one time, right? He scored two against Marty Brodeur and then one against Johan Hedberg, I think. And it was with Atlanta, but Guys used to say, oh, Bolts, like you're just fast in a straight line. You can't turn. And, you know, you had hands of cement. And he would say, throw a puck in the corner. Let's see who comes out with it. That was his line. Throw a puck in the corner. Let's see. Let's see. Like it comes down to that. It comes down to throw a puck in the corner. Who's going to come out with it? And I don't need a guy to hit somebody five rows in. Like you don't need to go in 400% speed and hit a guy and crush him through the glass. But when there's a battle to be won, in the corner, on the wall, mm. on a face-off, right? Guys come in and help. Like, show a little compete in that. And to me, that's, that's, that's every game now that we're seeing a lack of for certain individuals. Mm -hmm. And Don is saying it. It's yeah, not just I mean, me saying it. Don is saying it. He's not, he's, he's not saying who the individuals are, yeah. but he's saying it's a lack of compete. It's a lack of compete. Lack of compete. Yeah, and coupled with, hesitation which is causing the lack of compete it's not that there's it's not that there isn't a desire among these individual players to do it it's they're caught up in their own head and hesitating on a lot of things which which is problematic in the sense of it feels like there's if you're if you're to compile the commentary that we hear in general conversation with people and on social media. And I don't like to be dismissive of any of it because we're all entitled to our opinion. But if we're trying, if we're going to bundle it all together here, I think the prevailing commentary from many would be, they got a lot of the same guys. So yeah. when things don't go well, see when they go well, it's great because the whole point is to have skill and 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 just dominate with speed and skill and own the puck, which we saw. So then, when it when the hesitation creeps in, it it goes almost a one eighty, right? Um, so how do you how do you look at that? Like, okay, you've you've lived on different makeups of teams, and you were certainly part of a highly skilled one with the Buffalo Sabers that could outscore anybody. Yeah, but again, so if everybody gives you what you should be getting from them. Mm -hmm. I think you have different players, right? right. Like yes. talk should be like a power forward, like 
tough to play against, physical. Then you have, like, Paterka could be that type of player as well. Dylan Cousins could be that type of player as well. Now, um, I understand that Olofsson, Middlestat, and as it was Monday morning, Henestrosa, well, they need to play the passing game and speed game and get some offense. But I do think that that's the team itself, Gergensen, Zoposo, like, there could be different pieces if they they play the style that, that they should be labeled at, mm-hmm. right? And right now, that's not happening. You're not getting the – and I'm not even saying out of character, right? Because sometimes you say play out of character, be mm-hmm. something else. No, I think everybody could be themselves, and yes. you would see it. You would see it, right? Like J.P. Dumont was not – this big tough guy but if he decided he was going to win battles and go in the corner mm-hmm. and then he would score like Yoka Nash the same way Palm exactly. and Bill the same way exactly so Palmer didn't play out of character he just competed play right to your Casey Middlestack doesn't level. have to play out of character he just needs to compete exactly exactly like, what is and... he supposed to is he supposed to lose battles to Josh uh to uh I'm saying Josh Norris, but he's out. But Josh Anderson, <laughs> oh, whatever. Okay, Nick Suzuki on Tuesday night. Right. Like you're telling me that even Casey Millstat, like you put a puck in the corner. I'd like to see Casey compete against Nick Suzuki. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm telling you right now, the odds are 99 to one that Nick Suzuki would win that battle. The way that this team is not competing. So if everybody competes, mm-hmm. you've got enough guys that could play different roles. Mm-hmm. It's a different world, but like, how how do you break the cycle within the room? I mean, and so I'm saying, extract what the coaches are saying, extract the technical aspects of game planning. What could you envision happening in the room, just among the guys, to loosen this up, free their minds, get rid of the hesitation, and allow each guy to be who they are and why they are in the NHL? It's hard because. The, the rooms have changed a little bit for the better, but mm-hmm. I try to think like there was years where like Miro Shetan, right? He just go through the, 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 the motions and you're like, man, guy, just like, and it's almost like he was on his own Island and guys knew like Miro in practice was on his own Island and the room was on his own Island. Great guy. Love to talk to him, but you're like, Hey, you're not part of this group right now. Come join the group. And mm-hmm. it's, it's being felt in the locker room. I almost feel like right now the problem is that that group that should be pulling people in, yeah. it's too small, right? Like gain one, gain two, game yeah. three, and then maybe now you have seven. And now you're like, now you have 10. And now the, mm-hmm. the other group of 10 that is like, <sighs> okay, maybe we should join in. Like it just, that's the peer pressure <laughs> that sometimes works itself into a locker room, but it yeah. needs to be more than, for Don Granado to be able to get a good grass out of everything. It needs to be mm-hmm. more than three guys. You know what? Snow plowing has been good for you. You you have a clean mind philosophically, analytically, strategically. I'm loving what I'm hearing. So thank you for that. And since I've been doing, as per usual, uh, all asking all the questions, is there anything you want to throw out there? Is there any direction you want to steer here before we run flush out of time and, you know, We'll soon find ourselves on other platforms. Uh, no, there's nothing I want. I, the question maybe I'd have for you is 
It was not my still... fault. I did not go to Toronto. No, I know it's not your fault. You. That was not my fault. Do you think, and I will answer this question after, but do you think you could still have fun after losing eight in a row? Ooh, is this a me personal or big picture? I'm supposed to think like a saber. Well, you personal first. I mean, I've been accused. You would lose one. I've been, I've lose been accused fun. of being the most miserable human on the planet so many times that obviously I'd be lying if I said I was going to be, you know, super happy here. Uh, I'm not the, I had my man guy, like, no, exactly. like, you know, like I, I would be like, oh my God, can we please get out of this? And I'd be, I'd be stressing hard. Like this yeah. would, this would impact greatly my overall psyche 24 hours a day. It's a, so, it's a great question though. But the reason I'm saying is after two, three in a row, you could still come and say, Hey, we're playing a kid's game. Let's go have fun on the ice. Right. Maybe yeah, we play yeah. three on three and we compete or whatever mm -hmm. after eight mm -hmm. that no, no. Like if you're coming in and it's like, Oh, that was great. Let's go. Hey, funny. All fun in games. Like, I think that's when fights happen in practice. That's when like mm -hmm. it, it gets to that point soon. Very, yeah. very soon. Yeah. Anything else? How any highlights from Plowmaster 43's uh ongoing well, <laughs> ongoing reign over the South Towns? I'll say this. Sometimes things happen for a reason and a mysterious reason. So Friday night, I'm like, I gotta get back to my place because I gotta get my suit so that we can go to Toronto, right? And then yeah. I couldn't even get in my road, in my street. So I'm like, well, too bad. I'm going back to East Aurora. Sure enough, on the way back. I got stuck in a snowbank and the drift. I couldn't see anything. I, it felt like I was Luke Skywalker in Re Empire Strikes Back when he's like in his little like flight or pilot and he goes <laughs> into the snow. That was what I did with Plowmaster 43. And now I'm like, I'm stuck. I'm really stuck. I'm shoveling, but the snow is heavy and it's in a bank or whatever. I'm like, I'm stuck. The neighbor from across the street, I'm like three minutes away. The neighbors from across the street owns a pretty significant, um, as uh, um, landscaping company and they do mm -hmm. snow removal. His son literally came by me with a big yellow tonka, like like the thing is like 17 feet high, right? And he wow. goes, Marty, are you stuck? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'll go get chains. I'll be right back. In five minutes, he had chains hooked up the back like uh, hitch. Wow. Boom, pull me right out of there. Like I, I like literally was like, I'm stuck. I'm screwed. Things wow. happen for a reason. He was there in that moment, not two minutes earlier, not two hours later, literally two minutes after I got into the snowbank. Mm -hmm. So I would go into the Sabres fan base and say, maybe things happen for a reason, but I know a lot of things have happened of late that you're like, well, where is the reason? So that's all I have to say. Well said. And it just uh, reinforces the greatness of people in this community. And I, I just can't emphasize enough how much we feel for everyone who has just been absolutely hemmed in is the, just a terrible understatement, um, yeah. you know, but it, it, it's overwhelming. And, and I just want people to know that we, we understand the feelings cause it's, it's a lot. And thank goodness for the bills because that got us out of the, the, the November rhythm of losses. So here's hoping that it now changes the Sabres psyche too. Maybe that was the slump buster we all needed. Oh man. Oh man. All right. Anything else? Oh, I can't wait to see you.
<laughs> Tuesday morning for Sabres uh, live on the Zoom, and then Tuesday evening in studio. Yeah. I feel like I haven't seen you in four days now. That's long. That's long for the two of us. It is a long time, and uh, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Flowers, darn it! I might bring flowers for you. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Sabres Live Overtime. Hope you're well. We'll see you soon. Thank you.